I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing as good today as I was yesterday and I will be tomorrow. All right, all right. Figure that out. Yeah. Well, for our listeners out there, next week we will be at the podcast convention Evolutions in Las Vegas, Nevada. Very excited about that. Very excited. We're going to be learning more about podcasting and growing our podcast along with all of the other insider information, the industry information. So we will be learning and bringing what we can back to our podcast. So we are very excited. At least I'm very excited. Don't want to speak for you. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I'm speechless. Not good for a podcast. Not at all. (laughs) Well, we have a lot going on this week as far as the news and what's out there, we with our military, political world, United States, and local, we just have so much going on. So why don't we just dive right in? Let's do it. And we do have so much going on. I don't think there's enough hours in the day to cover everything we really need to cover. There is not, but we are going to touch on as much as we can and get that information out for you. Give you a, a nice surface level for some of the information. Go a little bit deeper for for others and hope that you get what you need on what's going on for the week. Sounds good. Okay, we're going to dive right into Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California. Do you know what dead naming is? Do not. Okay. So when an individual changes their gender identity, changes their identity and they, they take on that new name and that new lifestyle if they've gone from male to female or female to male, they generally change their name. So would that mean misspeaking? It would be misgendering and misnaming the individual okay. because if I changed my name to Bob and you continued to call me Shannon, you would be dead naming me because I became a male and I changed my identity, and I told you that I'm Bob, and you just refuse to call me Bob. Okay, Shannon. <laughs> okay. So the LADA Gascon has suspended a prosecutor for misgendering a convicted child molester. And we talked about this individual on the case on, on this podcast before, where this individual had attacked a 10-year-old in a women's bathroom. At the time, this individual was two weeks shy of their 18th birthday, and this individual identified as male. His, his name that he went by at the time was James. Eight years passed from that assault, and they began to... Uh, Then they arrested this individual in connection with the attack. DNA evidence allowed the police to make a link to a cold case, which was at the time this 17-year and 50-week-old male attacked a 10-year-old in the bathroom. And so after pleading guilty, 
So caught by DNA evidence, 26 years old now, pleads guilty. But because this individual was under 18 at the time, they sentenced them to two years at a juvenile facility. Okay. Okay. So after conviction, they then decided that they were now Hannah. And so Hannah was then sent, uh, or then to be treated as a woman. But the another DA on the case, uh, like a deputy district attorney, another attorney believed that this was a fake transition only to get better treatment. And they thought that they would get better treatment as a woman. So they kept referring to this individual by their male name. And the DA has said that that was uh, the district attorney. Gascon has said that that was unacceptable and has now suspended the attorney for dead naming a convicted molester. Do you think all the people that have died, been raped, been beat up, been robbed because Gascon refuses to prosecute, do you think he should be a little more concerned about that instead of misnaming somebody? I think he should absolutely be more... uh, He should consider all of the negative influence that he's had all of the crimes that have gone unpunished all of the people who are fearful because crimes are growing in the area and they've been unchecked I think that that's a bigger problem than if you dead name somebody who appears to have claimed in jailhouse Uh, recordings to have changed their gender for better treatment. So basically then, Gascon, he's an elected official, correct? He is. DAs raise their right hand like other people do when they're sworn into office? Do you know? Say say that again. Do they swear in? Do they raise their right hand? Oh, do they swear in? They're supposed to swear in that they will uphold the laws. Okay, so then he should focus on real laws and not fake stuff. Right, a policy on how you're going to talk about somebody versus actually enforcing the laws of people committing criminal acts. Yeah, let's look at what the individual did and not worry about whether his name is Fred, Bob, Sally, Sue, John, Jane, Jack. Jethro, whatever the name may be at the present time. Let's just focus on what dirty and bad deeds the person has done to get himself locked up into prison. Right, and instead he, this individual has said on record, on jailhouse, I guess not on record, in jailhouse tapes that they knew what they were doing and that they were using this persona to get a better deal, that they thought that they wouldn't have to register as a sex offender, that it would be better for them, that they didn't have to spend so much time behind bars. And they did it, and it's on tape, and Gascon claimed not to know that information when they sentenced this particular individual very lightly. But my thought is, if it's a pronoun, well, it's a dead naming problem or a pronoun problem, that's not unlawful. That's not illegal. Illegal. I can call you a jerk if I wanted to or a mean name. And in the scheme of things, I didn't commit an unlawful act. Correct. And it's very interesting that you started off this podcast today talking about this individual because I just happened to be on a major news outlet 
this morning. And if you go on anybody's webpage and anybody being CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, um, Australian news, European news, or Fox news, and you just start reading the headlines, it's interesting that I did that this morning. And what caught my eye was out of all the line items, which were about 12, seven of them were crime-related. There was a model by the name of Abby Choi. Her ex and his family has been arrested in her gruesome murder. Hong Kong? Yes. UPS employees are charged with cocaine trafficking. Was it a UPS or a FedEx employee out of Texas that kidnapped and killed that little girl? I believe it was FedEx. So we seem to have a problem with some of our drivers. Yes, and a huge part of Austin, Texas is being left unpoliced right now after they're having trouble with the city contract because of all the woke stuff and everything that's going on and the defund police that they can't get officers to agree on a contract. And they're fleeing Austin by the dozens to go to work other places. In better areas that are going to treat them with a little more respect. Yes. And then you have a school where police have charged teen boys in a high school uh, death of an honor student. You have the Alex Alex Murdaugh apparently is um, probably going to be found guilty unless there's a mistrial of killing his son and wife. Yep, his family. And if there is a mistrial based on his malarkey the last few days and maybe convincing one juror that maybe he didn't do it, uh, they would probably do an acquittal, if anything, convincing one or a deadlock jury, something right. like that. But with all of his I past I don't mean acquittal, money, by the way. I right. just meant uh, deadlock. Right. All of his past money crimes, um, he's going to go to prison for longer than he would probably for the murders because some people get convicted of murder and they don't do a full term, full sentence. No, and potentially if the governor looks favorably upon you or if the parole board looks favorably upon you they commute your sentence especially the governor has been known to do that i understand that there's not as many people are going to get that commutation but we have people who were convicted and sentenced to life and yet they're out yes then you have an interesting story that was intertwined with all these murder rape stories have you ever been hangry enough at a fast food place to want to call a police department and complain about the service? I have been hangry, but I have never been hangry enough to call the police. Apparently there was a woman that was so hangry at Burger King that she called police and the police were kind of upset that they wasted, she wasted their time. That would be a waste of resources, a waste of time and resources. The police have much better things to do than worry about someone being hangry and not receiving good service because then you just walk away. And I didn't get the time to complete the story, but apparently she might have been um, ridiculed in front of others by the police and now they may be in trouble for it. The police in trouble for ridiculing a... A hangry person at a Burger King. Just interesting the current crime wave we're having and we're more concerned about taking vacations again at our home in Delaware. A third of our presidency has been spent in Delaware. Flying to another country, going, going and giving speeches about how we're 
going to save other countries through military force and through supporting their pensions when we can't even support our own pensions here. Right. I I cannot believe that Biden would come out and say, we'll make sure that Ukrainian pensions are salvaged and saved. But we have people who are losing 20 plus percent of their retirement. We have people who are potentially going to lose even more than that. And we're out to save all of the Ukrainian people. Don't get me wrong. I think that there are ways that we should and could be helping in different scenarios, but making sure that we fund a complete war that we're claiming not to be involved in is just ridiculous. Well, it is. And if you break down the numbers of how much money we're spending over there, I did just a touch of reading and research this morning. So you ran the numbers, and what did you find out? Well, I was just looking at some information on Ukraine and our aid to them, and I just want to make sure that everybody around the world that listens to us, please understand that we support the citizenry 100%. May not agree with geopolitics in certain areas and whether we should be there helping them war against Russia or whether that's a border dispute that's happened in Europe over the last few hundred years, quite often. But our aid from us to Ukraine is $46.6 billion for military, $3.9 billion for humanitarian, $26.4 billion financial. Since the invasion, like I said, we have sent billions of dollars. We've also given since 2020, 33 billion to Israel, 2.88 billion to Afghanistan, 1.3 billion to Egypt, 548.1 million to Iraq, 504 million to Jordan. So the question I asked myself is how long have these border disputes been going on in Europe? Well, the earliest date that I could find that's on record is since 1323. So I asked myself, why are we in it? Ukraine declared its independence from Russia on August 24th, 1991. Now their history goes back because most of Ukraine fell to the Russian Empire under the reign of Catherine the Great in 1793. The right bank of Ukraine was annexed by Russia in the second partition of Poland. When you look at whether Ukraine is a democracy or not, they receive 39 out of 100 points for democracies when it's tabulated, which tells me then they're a fledgling or trying to be a startup democracy, but they're really not. There's an organization that runs them. They're a different type of representation. So why why are we so committed to areas that We may spend a few more billion, more are going to die. They're going to end in potential stalemate. And in two years from now, then there's going to be a border dispute between Belisarus and Ukraine. Are we going to support what group? Or if we go to England, if somebody decides that Germany wants to encroach and take, where does it end? It it honestly doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. I understand part of our agreement to come to the aid of Ukraine was when we asked them to no longer have nuclear arms. And so we said under Clinton, we'll we'll help to take care of you if something happens, give up your nukes. 
And part of that was a breakaway when they broke away from Russia. I did a little bit of reading on that today as well. And they could not get Russia to relinquish the codes. And it just, it becomes problematic. I understand that there's a lot we want to do. And then certain situations could turn negative for the United States. However, it is not, it should not be our job to police the world. We should be taking care of ourselves. We can remain friendly and on friendly terms with different countries and try to work diplomatically. But it is not our job to take care of the world, to send all the arms, to to then also say we'll also take care of your pensions when we are trillions of dollars in debt and we can't take care of ourselves. No, because we have a government right now that's talking about raising taxes on citizens across the board for certain things. They can't protect our borders. And the north border is becoming a real hot spot right now because there's been a thousand incursions so far this year since January 1. Well over what it normally is. Yes, yes. way more than what it normally is. Yet we're working on securing a country's borders thousands of miles away from us while our debt just keeps firing up, 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 up. And we're promising our soul to the rest of the world. We're going to collapse ourselves. How are we going to take care of the world? If you're ill and not strong, you cannot take care of, nor you can support yourself. That's why we have a fentanyl problem. That's why we have a border crisis. If you don't have a secure border, you don't have a country. How many countries are there currently? I'm going to guess 204. You're close, like 184-ish Almost 100% of them, I think it's 13 maybe or 14 that have not open borders, but they have lax policies. All other countries have a, a type of border where you have to use a passport or a visa or some type of documentation to go into their country. A lot of the countries you can't stay for prolonged periods of time. You go in under a 30-day visa, 60-day, 90, 180, and you're out. I watch boaters all the time that are from other countries that come into the U.S. And when their visas expire or when their time runs out, they have to be out on that day. Right. And if they're not, it will count against them if they ever try to get a visa in the future. Yes. And depending on how many days you accrue after that, it can be a bar to coming back. So then why do we as leaders in D.C. have a different mindset that we think we want to just allow anyone and everyone to just come prancing on in? It's what lines your pockets. Roger you're going to have future voters is the thought or you're going to have future people who will donate to you because of the causes you support. And so it's money. And that's why there should be term limits. And if people really have that mindset, they should not be in office for long now they get and they get drunk off of this money too i mean we look at you look at bernie sanders and once he became a millionaire and he ran for president a couple times he used that money to jet set across the united states and he's doing book tours now and he's doing all of this stuff that makes him millions and he was dead set against this you know democratic society and why it should be more socialized until he got the power, got the money, and then he started using it. And if you look at some of the other individuals who have been running, 
They run and they use the money while running, not the money that they make while in office, but all of the donor money just to do these, you know, astronomical luxury vacations that they call working, you know, working groups or whatever. One example is the California representative Eric Swalwell. He actually outspent Nancy Pelosi on travel and luxury accommodations. And apparently his expenditures included limos, flights, yachts, and hotels. And I understand if you're you're going somewhere, you might need to stay in a hotel if you're stumping for somebody. But my thing is, is if you are asked to stump for somebody else, they should be paying your hotel bill. So I don't know if it's like a quid pro quo they all pay. Well, he probably had to pay for a lot of that fancy stuff for his Chinese spy girlfriend he had there for a little while. But, and he's not the only one, but his his campaign spent $583,000 on travel expenses. Nancy Pelosi spent $434,000 on her own travel at the same time. Again, limousines, flights, yachts, very high-end hotels. We're not talking about staying at a Motel 6. So I guess he would also be like Pete Buttigieg who is now being investigated by by the Inspector General of the DOT. Oh, really? Why yes. is he being looked at? What did he do? He has repeatedly argued in favor of aggressive action to combat climate change, but he has taken at least 18 flights using taxpayer-funded private jets since taking office. And those private jets, which is so funny, if they want to use some of these private jets for personal use, so I'm jet setting to this location, I'm going to give a little speech or or look at a train depot or whatever, and then they go off to somewhere fun, they only have to pay an economy ticket price to then go wherever they want to go. And so then they paid a very minimal fee for a very high expense jet. Never mind the fact that it was uh, not never mind, but irrespective of the fact that they also, they being Pete Buttigieg and those like him, say that climate change is going to end the world and we need to do better. But yet he's on a private plane. You and I got you and I talk about that all the time. These folks that claim to be something they're not. They are the solution to all of our problems after creating all of our problems. Yes, and they're the ones that want you to eat dirt for lunch. And bugs. Yeah, bugs for dinner. Mm -hmm. Don't fly anywhere. Don't drive anywhere. Don't go to Disneyland. Don't go up to the Bay Area to have a good time down at the piers because you're just ruining the air and the atmosphere. Yet I'm going to fly hundreds of thousands of miles annually, and you're going to pay for it. Yes, and apparently... Jumping to somebody else we talked about who likes to fly private, John Kerry. They John Kerry is now claiming, or at least his office is now claiming, that the family sold the jet that he used to use for the private flying. So he's only been flying commercial since. I, I'm just waiting for someone to snap a photo of him getting off a tarmac that's not on a commercial jet. Oh, he will. Just, just hang in there because everybody gets caught eventually. And when people do things they shouldn't do to try, try to make people look bad, just like the GOP rep 
that I believe might have been raped or molested or something happened to her while she was in the Air Force. And somehow conveniently, um, her records, her military records were leaked to the Democratic, to a Democratic firm. Yes, they are claiming that the person whose job it was to release FOIA requests to a non-party member, so the party member would have been a government official under official government duties, or the the woman herself because they are her records and potentially a close relative can also get her records like a, a spouse in this particular case they released it to a non-party holder and they released it unredacted accidentally so there was a lot of republicans and democrats running for office so did stuff get leaked on both sides or just one party seems to be just one party however if our listeners wish to correct that statement, I would love, love for you to to direct message us, Facebook, Instagram, please. Uh, DirtSailor.co, we have links there. Well, there's going to be a criminal investigation, so that's good. And it's a dozen GOP lawmakers and former candidates have now come out saying they were impacted by the Air Force's unauthorized release of military information. It's funny that the Air Force would release this unauthorized this unauthorized release happen. It's it's funny that this unauthorized release happened. Yet I believe it was the Air Force that didn't notify the oh, I can't remember what federal department it was, but whoever hosts the background checks locally in Texas, they didn't notify that the the individual who ultimately went and shot up a church, he was an ex Air Force member who was should have been barred from having a gun. Yes, and they just didn't notify the correct party. So it's funny that when the information is really important, they don't notify, but when the information is supposed to be secure, they give it out. It's interesting. There was an article today about the Air Force relieving two commanders and four leaders at North Dakota nuclear bomber missile base. They're saying that they just lost confidence in their abilities to lead. And I wonder if that's the case or the fact did that spy balloon make it over this base and it went undetected. Um, Maybe that's why they were relieved of command. I don't know. It would be interesting to find out. Yes. We'll eventually know because somebody will leak the info. We'll know who exactly released it, and why these folks were demoted. Uh, But I would like to jump back to your bringing up Pete Buttigieg. So he finally visited East Palestine, Ohio, where the train derailment happened. Now we have a president who was able to go to Ukraine and back, but he can't see himself making it to East Palestine. He said that he Zoomed with everybody important when asked if he talked to the mayor. He said he thought so, maybe, I don't know his name. So it's unclear what Biden did, even though he claims to have had a Zoom meeting. He can't show up for East Palestine. And we have Pete Buttigieg, who gets called out for not showing up. But he's on vacation, so he can't be bothered. And when he finally does show up, he uh, stumbles over his own speech. When somebody asks a question while he's talking, he just said that he lost his train of thought. What? Yeah, at a a train derailment, he lost his train of thought. He tried to throw a funny out there. 
No, I think he just accidentally said that. Oh, okay. But he can barely be bothered to show up to a real necessary place for him to show up to. But he wants to talk about, as you've noted, racist environment in which we live but you have a bunch of people who now have medical conditions that are coming to light the president can't show up for them pete Buttigieg, whose job it is barely shows up for them and that's only after being called out that's only after we hear that trump is going to show up and then finally our official government representatives make a smidge of an effort well because of all the boo-boos he's made because he's in, he may have been a good mayor. Mayor Pete. Yeah. But I don't think that he's qualified enough to do this job because it's very demanding of a person that actually is willing to roll up his sleeves and, and get in there and get into the grind. Well, he wants. He just wants to fake it. He wanted to be president. And they thought that putting him in this position would, as they used to use this term, gravitas. That would give him some gravitas because they all say he's such an eloquent and professional speaker and thinker. Well, he's proven that maybe under certain conditions he can speak well and he can articulate his position. But when put on the spot, he has a very hard time with it. Absolutely. He shouldn't be there. Neither should our press secretary or Biden's press secretary. She shouldn't be there. There's a certain number of positions that require your ability to speak somewhat eloquently. And neither one of these individuals qualify. It's amazing how a bunch of underqualified people continue to lead 300 and some million people. It's very interesting how this happens. Speaking of unqualified people leading, do you remember Sam Britton? He was the nuclear codes guy. He got hired to work in, well, not codes, but he got hired to work in the nuclear waste section of the government, and he was... He was the kleptomaniac. Yes. So apparently, his woes have not ended. It gets way more out there. I guess there was a Vanity Fair did a piece on Sam Britton and his style, and they... Post, you know, published a bunch of pictures of his amazing fashion. But I guess a fashion designer, once his name was getting out there for the kleptomania, a woman who said her bag was stolen in 2018 recognized the pieces that he was wearing in Vanity Fair. She posted pictures of her, it was her work. She made these dresses by and hand. And the dresses. So she posted pictures of her work, and then side by side, you can see the pictures of Sam Britton wearing her hand-sewn pieces, because she's a fashion designer. And so now they're looking at him investigating another theft that they have found from 2018. So it predates his getting hired into the Biden administration, but this individual was in our nuclear waste department, but they they hired the first non-binary nuclear energy official. See, and it's okay to hire somebody if that's their chosen title, as long as they're qualified to do the job and they don't come with baggage like this. 
stolen baggage like this. Quick sidebar klepto story. Your aunt, my sister, lived at a house in Southern California with her first husband. They shared the house. It was split in half, so it was like two mini apartments with the owner's daughter, who was a klepto. And your aunt, a few times, saw this girl wearing her clothes and trying to figure out how the heck she got them. Well, when they weren't home, she was obviously going in and taking them. And then saying she didn't and not remembering. And it was a it was a weird, weird time. Well, some people just have it on them to apparently steal. And Mr. Sam, or bi- non-binary Sam Britton is one of them. Yes. So they will be looking at them. So the IRS is proposing to have a new tip reporting program. Yeah, take money from the little guy. The least paid, one of the least paid careers in the U.S. Yeah, so they're calling it a service industry tip compliance agreement. And it's a proposed reporting system that will be used to voluntarily report the tips from various service industries. And they they could see, workers could see their tax liability going up. Because technically they are already supposed to be claiming all of their tips. On their taxes. And then there, this would be a way to get the little guy to pay more taxes because they are not paying enough taxes. And this is why they're looking into the reporting of tips. So they want to have a new program. It's going to cost money. Going to have reporting. It's going to make reporting of employers go up. It's going to be their time, effort, energy until they can maybe get it automated. But here's my thought on it. How about the wage is the wage and we don't tip anymore in the United States? Then you get a W-2 that shows all your hours and your pay. And you pay your taxes based on your pay. That's a good idea. Or I just thought of something when you said, how about? So how about these guys like and gals like Buttigieg and Pelosi and them that fly on these corporate jets at a highly discounted rate how about we let them continue to fly on that cheap rate however they must do their taxes they must claim the full fare full price as a benefit of that ticket as a benefit as a gift yeah and i'll bet you if they started paying taxes on these trips like this when they go above and beyond and not fly commercial they'll stop doing it you would hope they will stop doing it no what they'll do is do like they always do they'll creatively Find another way to create another law or circumvent the law. It doesn't apply to them. Correct. Because I listened to a great story. Let's little to the side, a little bit to the left. I listened to a great podcast (laughs) besides ours. Ours is number one. This one's the number two podcast in the world. So Joe Rogan. Thank you, Joe. He had some folks on there talking about Pelosi and Paul Pelosi and their ability to make so much money off of stocks. And they were talking about two major investors, which Warren Buffett being one of them, and I don't recall who the other one was, but that Paul Pelosi had a better record of profiting and transactions than even Warren Buffett did, based on the fact that we know it's insider trading, insider information. They won't say it, 
but their success rate is almost 100%. Too gosh darn high. Yes, and it's not them. It's both parties, both sides that are able to glean this information. They know when it's coming out, so they sell short or they buy or they put in a regulation that benefits them and nobody else within the system. Yes, Paul Pelosi is just one of the bigger names that we can see doing it because he does it on such a large scale. But there are Republicans and Democrats alike in our Congress and Senate, in our House and our Senate, who are doing this. So it is not just a one-party problem. It is an everybody problem. And 100% they should ban the sale, the buying and the selling of single stocks. 100%. There should be no single stock ownership. But we would run into another problem where how far out in your family tree should you go? I, as your daughter, shouldn't be you know, prohibited from living my life and doing my thing. What about your son-in-law? Should he be prohibited in life from doing his thing if he's a stock trader? Now, arguably, you could still pass along the information, insider information, and get far enough out in the circle. We've seen this with the Bidens. You get far enough out in the circle and you benefit from information. Is a, a son, is a daughter, is that far enough out? I, I would argue that it's not, well, but how then, do you ban you give, everybody from doing it? Then you give 10% back to the big guy. Right. But no, the person that's in office, I would say keep the circle at that, them two there. Right. You they cannot cannot do trade in stocks or mutual funds or anything of the sort for the entire time you're in office. And that might be a self-regulating way to get them to leave office early. Because they want to make the millions, so then they'll get out. They'll Yes, they'll get out of Congress instead of throwing term limits out there. Let's tweak the laws a little bit that they've passed or make them go back and revisit them to benefit not them, but the people they're supposed to be representing. So let's talk about people you're supposed to be representing. When a congressperson has severe medical issues... We don't have the same type of system like we have with the president. If the president had severe medical issues that left them incapacitated, we have a plan in place. The vice president would step in and be sworn in and take over just during that time that was needed. Now we have a senator from Pennsylvania who has been checked into Walter Reed for severe medical issues enough that he had to be checked in and is expected to reside there for weeks so anything that's going on in the senate right now he will not be there to vote on he will not be there to represent he will not be there to talk about so that's one issue we have we have a lack of representation if there's a severe medical issue even though we knew about this medical part of the medical issue ahead of time and he should have taking care of himself, but he seems to have been pushed to continue. Well, Mrs. Fetterman, after her husband goes to the hospital, asks for privacy during this difficult time. Totally respect that. Then... Where'd she go for privacy? Then she went on a vacation, which included going to Canada, Niagara Falls... I don't begrudge her for getting away if that's what they needed. She said that there were reporters on her lawn 
and she couldn't get away and the kids were having a hard time. So she just packed up the car and left, grabbed their passports and left. That's fine. But then she goes and starts posting on social media about what she needed to do to get away and get privacy. If you want privacy, don't go on social media. It's an addiction. Sometimes I feel like I'm guilty of it sometimes too, even though I'm relatively new in the grand scheme of social media because it's only been around what the last 10 years or so and being to the degree that it yes and being 60 we're relatively new to it i don't blame her for wanting to get away and you're right Um, she needs to be private 100 percent. and that's the thing with fetterman and others that have medical issues like this it should be the responsibility of the hundreds of thousands of constituents that voted for him to go to congress to the leadership of the Democratic Party in Congress, say, look, I don't know how many days a year you folks are supposed to work, if it's 200 or 250 or 275 or 3, if our representative is not capable of performing his job, we need to ask him to retire, or not retire, but to step aside so that we can have a special election and we can put somebody in or have the governor of that state appoint a representative that's healthy they knew he was not healthy they absolutely knew that this was going to happen but that's the problem when you have two parties that absolutely hate each other now that they had to win that seat to keep the majority at all costs and by all costs i mean his further health right it has cost him more because more of his health I'm in a small pressure cooker with the small position I'm in where I work. And sometimes I feel the heat. Just imagine now you compound that times 100. And these guys are under immense stress, immense pressure, I think, to make the proper decisions to represent 300 and some odd million people and not look like a buffoon while you're doing it. So that's my solution to his ills is his constituents should ask him to to resign. To resign. Run again later if you're healthy. Once you're healthy. Yes. I agree with that. So I would like to talk about some topics that we've touched on, but in this case a little bit different way because they've come back up in the news. One of the things that we talked about recently was the grand jury that was convened to look into Trump in Georgia. That was their their lawful right. They were allowed to have a special grand jury and look into all things Trump and, and what was going on. But we saw this weird situation where one the where the jury four person goes on a press blitz after they meet. Why would she or anyone think that that would be acceptable? Because she shouldn't have been the four person and she probably shouldn't have been picked for this task. No, and apparently uh, watching her on video, she's a 30-year-old woman, which I think you should be able to be a jury four person. I think you should be a part of a grand jury, no problem. But she goes on these different media interviews and she's a laughing, giggling smirking individual talking about indictments which is a very serious thing and here she is looking like a giggling schoolgirl makes other 30-ish year old women's look 
women and she's look acting bad. like a 12 year old so it's interesting that we talk a lot about corruption in elections and corruption within legislatures and corruption within local municipalities states and the fed well, apparently someone has testified to the Arizona legislature about widespread corruption of public officials. Really now? Yes. That took place three days ago. And she is an investigator. And she spoke to the legislature a couple of days ago about the corruption involving many, many public officials. And some of them about their connections to cartel leaders. Really? So this... Probably in Arizona goes way deeper than just a handful of ballots or one or two people that are corrupt. Um, Sounds like we may have a big problem nationwide because now we have an investigation that's going to start looking into an appointed official by Biden who has direct links to China. We have a lot of corruption across the board, it seems. Yes, but if you say anything about that, then you're you know, a racist, bigot, homophobe. You don't know what you're talking about. And that was when it was first mentioned about this individual. But now that they found out that he's donated six figures to Dems and that he's uh, affiliated with a couple organizations that are part of the Chinese military and their spy organization, maybe it's not that they're racist maybe it's that they don't want corrupt people running our systems and we don't want to give away our farm to the chinese well not just to the well funny that you bring up the chinese because something that we saw in what appeared to be a sort of corruption in the public spectrum which is that our news organizations were willing to suppress or call misinformation out on people and so it was misinformation if you said there was a lab leak from China. It was misinformation if you said that we should look into it further. You were anti-Asian. You were full of hate, etc. Same thing talking about China. Well, apparently the U.S. Department of Energy has come out and said that the lab leak is the most likely COVID-19 origin. And so if you said, though that it was from China, that it was a lab leak, etc. You were stopped by the government officials working in conjunction with our media organization and social media leaders. You were you were stopped from being able to say it. So look at that sort of like that working together, that togetherness and the corruption that it would take for the media and the social media organizations to do the government's bidding. Oh, it's yes, and it's interesting how a bunch of outlets are jumping on the bandwagon. Say, we told you two years ago, we told you this was fake a year ago. We told you, we told you, we told you. Well, I'm here to say it's a good thing that we're starting to build ourselves up, become something a little bigger, and we're a little small, and we're small then because we said it seventy some podcasts ago that you have to wait for the data to come out before you can make a decision and quit throwing and slinging mud in people's faces because. I know in my heart that you and I were right from the beginning that this thing was being covered up and that the data would eventually show that it was a lab leak. And I even was brash enough to make the statement that I watched our former president Trump in front of a Chinese representative. And I'm not sure if the Chinese president was there, but he embarrassed 
that person at this press conference. And right after that, and not too long later. And after that, mysteriously, this gets released, and then all kinds of people around the world start to die. Well, I wish and I hope that once we dive further into the vaccines, we start to slow down on those. And if the labs can correct them, correct them and get the myocarditis and all the side effect stuff out of them, it'll be a good thing. Because I've seen in the last two or three weeks, about eight to 10 more young youth across the nation and across the world mysteriously die at hockey matches, on football fields, on baseball diamonds, and um, just different events of heart conditions. And most of them, other than one that was just reported yesterday, none of them had any type of medical issues prior to COVID and their vaccines. It's like Fight Club. We're not supposed to talk about it. Well, you know who needs to be held to account is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes. Yes, he does. He's the one that suppressed the lab leak theory. He was the one that helped to work with these social media groups to further suppress the lab leak theory. In addition, it has come out that the uh, his, what is it, NAIAD, they gave funding through an intermediate group to the Wuhan lab. When they claimed that they weren't doing gain of function, they gave funding to an organization that then turned around and gave the same money to the group in China. And yet he was on his high horse saying never happened. Correct. And when I saw the little news report from the Department of Energy, I'd wrote down a couple little notes, which I basically just put down that COVID started in a Wuhan lab. So Fauci lied. The World Health Organization lied. Lots of elderly Americans died. What is his accountability and responsibility? Well, this is what I think he should do because we're not going to send the 80-year-old man to prison. We're not going to prosecute him because of his age. They would take him to trial, find him guilty, and then let him go home. So I would make him forfeit a majority of his pension. Any money that he received from any of the drug companies, 100% should be donated to charity. And he needs to do not only an apology to the U.S., he needs to apologize to the entire world because a lot of countries followed our lead and did exactly what he recommended, right, wrong, or indifferent. So I guarantee you that every department within the federal government has seen this new evidence, and I don't think it's new. They've known it from day one because we're too good at spying on them. They're too good at spying on us. We knew it. They let it happen. They didn't stop it. And little word for these little scientists and these experts, if you knew what it was and you can look at the the total DNA chain of every human, every animal, and you can follow the strand of how this thing's composed and put together, and you knew the spike protein, you knew what it did, then 100% you guys should have been able to come up with a 100% vaccine that would have stopped this thing dead in its tracks. Absolutely. So in another piece of news, 
on something that we've talked about before, which is the Clintons and the closeness to suicide that they seem to have. Uh Uh-oh. So a Clinton advisor has died. What? Well, they died last May, but more information is has been released as far as the investigation into Mr. Mark Middleton's death. He was a special assistant to Clinton and a finance director for his presidential campaign, and apparently he was also known to have signed Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven of the 17 times that he visited and he also has flown on Jeffrey Epstein's jet. Apparently, new details of his death were released, and they've released different groupings of details. The first set of details said that he he was kind of sitting near a tree when he was found, but he appeared to be hanging like he had a rope around his neck, or a, a, a cord, sorry, an extension cord around his neck. In addition, he had a gunshot wound to the chest. And the first release said there was no gun nearby, and they also ruled it a suicide. And then another release came out and said the first release was wrong. There was, in fact, a gun found at the scene. And so the gun that was found at the scene, though, it was like a couple hundred feet away. It wasn't, like, arm's reach. So he would have had to have, like shot himself and then launched launched the gun away from him. So he was left-handed and somehow shot himself in the back with his right hand. Yes. Amazing how this stuff works. So just sidestep a little bit back to the Wuhan lab. Well, it appears that our White House still backs gain-of-function research to prevent further pandemics. Sorry, one second. It was 30 feet away from him, not a couple hundred. 30 feet away, and that's what he used to commit suicide. Wow. He's good. Yes. He is good. So, back on. Well, National Security Spokesman John Kirby on Monday affirmed President Biden's support of -of gain-of-function research, saying it was necessary to prevent future pandemics. So, our prevention of future pandemics caused the pandemic that Fauci said was going to happen during Trump's presidency. How convenient. Very convenient. Right during the midst of a hot economy where everything was all pointing in the... Upward trajectory. Upward trajectory and in the green. And then, bada bing, bada boom, it accidentally gets released. We go to a lockdown. Millions of people around the world die. Um, everything's closed. He loses the election. Nothing to see here. All good. Amazing, isn't it? Well, there are all kinds of uh, conspiracy theories that, once they're proven to be true, aren't conspiracy theories any longer. Correct. And that must be called research and empirical data and when the real truth comes out. Absolutely. So let's talk about our borders you briefly mentioned earlier. We no longer have borders, but go ahead. In this podcast, just a brief touch on borders. One of the things that we talked about is not only are there people crossing the borders unlawfully, but there are cartels who are bringing in drugs. There, There's just a plethora of smuggling opportunities across the border. So one of the things that has come to light with the uh, teenagers... Basically the under-18s, the minors that are coming across the border that are being smuggled 
by human smugglers. When the kids get across the border, they still have to pay the coyotes for bringing them across. Not all money is given up front. Most people can't pay the exorbitant rates up front. If they can't gather enough money from their relatives, then they are indebted to the smugglers. It has been found that these children who have been allowed to stay because they are under the program, under President, under Biden's program, they're allowed to stay. And we have 14-year-olds that are working in factories at night. We have 15-year-olds that are doing day labor jobs before sunrise. We have 13-year-olds who are doing the same. We have individuals who are children who are now working to pay off the debt to the coyotes who... Those coyotes have their names and their numbers because they are trying to pay off this debt. So they haven't lost that connection. They were smuggled in and now they are continuing that abuse that has been allowed under the administration that has encouraged people to cross the border. This very lucrative opportunity for the cartels and the coyotes has been continued thanks to the encouragement that this administration has put out there and they will make them poor people work in perpetuity they will have to they will raise the rates forever yes oh well we thought you had it paid off but you know four or five more years you'll be close huh we're just talking about vaccines and vaccine efficacy and the pentagon has set a a deadline for services to stop enforcing vaccine mandates March 17th, they will end all enforcement of former COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And the Marine Corps has lifted its deployment COVID vaccine requirements. Different times require different measures, I guess, right? It would appear so. And the Marine Corps is scrambling to recruit female drill instructors because since COVID, there's been a big slump in recruitment. There's been a slump across the board, but I can imagine that female drill instructors would be harder to come by. Well, on everything, though, it's harder to get workers or supply chains destroyed. This has been a three-year mess. A very big mess. So let's talk about the the VA and things that have been going on with the military. As you just pointed out, we are having recruitment issues. But on the other side of things, the Supreme Court has rejected a case tied to families that have been removed from the VA caregiver program. So we previously discussed the caregiver program and how the government changed the requirements for the caregivers. Yes. Thus kicking off upwards of 90% of caregivers from the program. So the Supreme Court has decided not to accept the case, which means that the federal appeals court decision is going to stand in which the VA's decision to change the eligibility rules for its program of comprehensive assistance for families and caregivers, their rule change will stand. Yeah, they favored the VA. Supreme Court's not picking it up. So it looks like upwards of 90% of caregivers will lose out in that program because the VA was kicking people off saying that the, the service member or the veteran did not qualify to have their caregiver receive the monetary stipend. So not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. So they changed the manner in which one would be considered disabled 
to qualify for the caregiver program, they used to have to meet a set of standards. And then they said, instead of these standards, we're going to have you meet these other standards. So people who have been on there for years are now finding they are no longer considered disabled and qualified for a caregiver, even though for years they were considered qualified. And what they did too, instead of just changing the rules and saying from this day forward, these are the qualifications, they did a look back. So everyone they had already qualified, they wanted to do a look back and kick them off. And so 90%, upwards of 90% are going to be kicked off the program. Not right. No, it is not. Not right. And another area of it's not right, within the VA, we have seen, I have personally seen it, but there was a whistleblower in other lawsuits. So speaking of lawsuits, seems to be the way that things get out there. But a whistleblower from another company, well, back up, the VA accepts medical devices and they purchase these medical devices for surgeries and for procedures from different companies. Medical device companies will go in and make sales pitches to to doctors and to the VA in general to try and show how good their medical device is and why you should accept it. So these doctors and, and the VA are being pitched all the time and this happens across the, the United States to regular doctors as well. So a whistleblower came out and said that a particular company was giving uh, giving kickbacks to the doctors for picking their medical device over this competing company's medical device. And so it was an unfair playing field because this other company wasn't doing those illegal kickbacks. Once they started investigating this whistleblower and their their statements, it was found that some doctors were using foreign devices from these particular companies that carry certain risks more often than others, and they were using more than the normal amount of devices when compared to other locations. So some of the risks of using these foreign devices inside a body can include clots and require amputation. And in a particular hospital, they found that amputations went up significantly. We're talking about veterans. So this is the kind of care that veterans are receiving is that these doctors are using devices that they're getting kickbacks on. And the more devices they use, the more kickbacks they were getting. The more amputations. and Because there were, there were negative consequences, negative outcomes of these surgeries and using these devices. Does Dr. Fauci run that organization too? My goodness. He does not, but I guess the complaint went from 2011 to 2018 and the VA healthcare workers would receive not only money, but steak dinners, uh, Apple electronics, NASCAR tickets, and then they would turn around and use more of those devices in the hospital. And in some cases... VA doctors used more than 15 at a time, and one used 33 of these devices at a time, uh, way beyond the normal standard of care. And so this just led to a lot of problems, but it took the competing company complaining about it to get it investigated. But we're already five years out from the last time. They're just selling too many prosthetic limbs. We got something going on here. Yes. Check them. So I found this when I was going through medical issues. I mean, I'm still going through them. 
but trying to get a drug prescription for my issue that wasn't a particular drug. I was prescribed a drug, and then when I said I was having negative, like a negative outcome from it, I was having some of the side effects, and they were turning to be pretty bad side effects in my opinion. I was told it was this or nothing. That's all I was going to get, this drug or nothing. Well, I found out later when I went somewhere else to receive care that the VA was tied to this drug. That is the drug that they had a deal on. That was the one that they wanted to prescribe. And if a doctor wanted to prescribe a different drug, they had to go up their chain of command to get any other drug. And so some of the doctors don't want to do that. So they would just give the drug that the VA had authorized. And so that that's what happened to me. Even with a big negative, with a negative medical outcome, they still were stuck with this drug. This is what they wanted to give. So I do believe it. And looking at, at this investigation, this particular investigation that went on, it's very sad that this is what other veterans are having to go through. I didn't end up with a, an amputation. I don't think that that would have been an outcome from this particular drug. Me either. But it's just, yeah, it is very sad that we're going through this. I think we made a comment or a statement last week or week before last that we're in trouble from top to bottom, bottom to top. We just have deaths running rapid. We have just all kinds of issues nationwide. What is it going to take to straighten this up? Is it God back in everybody's life? We definitely need, we need Jesus. I need Jesus. I will say that. I need Jesus, and I know that there are others who need Jesus too. It's about time that people start thinking about something other than what's going on currently in this society because there's a lot of problems. Yeah, just to give you a number, to try to put a number to it, by the way, in 2013, there were approximately six amputations. In 2018, so only five years later, 38 amputations. Pretty significant increase for a a very short period of time. Yes. Wow. So I was in the Navy in 1981 to 1986 if you count up all I count it all okay plus when I went back in for a short time I got right back out so one of my deployments and he he activated himself and then wasn't going to get sent out so then he was deactivated correct so that wasn't a uh, a negative reason why he was deactivated I was trying to I self-recalled myself during the first Gulf War tried to get orders to go overseas and I sat at a reserve center the whole time, so then I just got myself right back out. Right, because they weren't getting sent. So right, there was enough. There was enough current young folks as well to do the job. But um, one of my deployments, one of my jobs is working with one of my jobs working with the other gunners' mates that I worked with, and the Marine Corps Staff Sergeant was to make sure that we inventoried all of our weapons, inventoried our ammo. And it was basically called a TOA, Table of Allowance. We were allowed so many machine guns, so many shotguns, so many M16s, so many 203s, on and on and on. So I went over in what was called the advance party. I was part of the first 130-man group. We get there. I do my due diligence, and I go report to my XO, who was in charge of the advance party, Said, hey, there's some stuff missing here. 
So during the inventory, we found ammunition missing. We found flares missing. We found a lot of stuff not where it was supposed to be, unaccounted for. And the individual that was supposed to pass it all on to us, come to find out, had been shipping it home by whatever means. I guess it would have been USPS or some carrier back then. And he ended up going to prison. Ended up going to Leavenworth for his dirty deeds, which made me feel good because had we made it through our deployment and then did our changeover to the next battalion and that stuff was unaccounted for, it would have been me and the guys that I worked for that would have been the ones that were going to pay the price. Well, I see in a in an article today that a young Marine was sentenced for stealing ammunition, saying he was pressured by recon, by the recon community. Well, it's interesting to see that all these years later, there's still theft of ammunition that you can buy. By yourself? By yourself at any sporting goods store that still sells ammo. 223556 is still available. Shotgun ammo is still available. Yet a young jarhead was willing to jeopardize his career and his livelihood for a little bit of ammo. Yeah, now he's a felon. Now he is a felon. Very unfortunate. It is. It is too unfortunate that we would still have bad people doing bad things. Can't I guess you can't make laws out of everything. It's already illegal. Uh, But some people are still willing to commit the crime, and they should do their time. And I guess so if you read things throughout history. um, Thieves are nothing new. Murderers are nothing new. The human condition is such that you have some good apples and you have some bad ones and there's millions and million well china there's billions but there's billions of people in the world and you're going to have a handful of bad bad apples absolutely yes and we will find those bad apples across the board we just talked about here in the marine corps and in the fbi there's a new report that says that fbi agents are committing acts of misconduct without any accountability or limited accountability. There's individuals who in, in the FBI who have been caught engaging in unethical or illegal conduct, including drunk driving, stealing property, in one case assaulting a child, mishandling classified documents, which according to our leadership, that one's not that bad. Uh, losing their service weapons, but the vast majority of time they are not fired. There are a limited number of cases where some might be fired, but some are able to get away with a two-week suspension or inappropriate relationships with felons in prison, confidential sources, and subordinate employees. Some are allowed to retire with pension. Some are just given a reprimand and let go. Having their losing your gun, having your guns stolen, not handling them safely. Uh, the one agent, uh, an agent accidentally discharged their weapon in a hotel, shot a hole in the floor. No issue. We still see them out and about. And they are the ones who are going to arrest other people for illegal and wrongdoing. I think they should they should not be held to a higher standard. I, I know we, we hear this all the time. Oh, they should be held to a higher standard. They should be held to the same standard that anyone who commits a law violation would be held to. They should be held to laws and written policies. Absolutely. And that's why I've always heard that 
you don't put people up on pedestals. If you want to put somebody up on a pedestal and idolize them, for me, it would be my dad or my mom. Not a pro football player or not an FBI agent or not a former Navy SEAL or Marine recon or Air Force parajumper. It is within generally within your family, somebody you should look up to and want to idolize and want to be like. You can emulate somebody else, but you don't idolize them. Correct. So we've had discussions about what role parents should play in a school district, what they should be allowed to say during a school district meeting, when they're in front of the the school board meetings, and what people want from their child's teacher, what they want in the classroom, and, and the level in which they can have influence in their child's education. Some people say the parents should be completely cut out of it, that the state gets to decide what is important and everything else is not your business. Well, a school district was recently forced to pay. They're going to be forced to fork over $100,000 in legal fees after banning moms, because it was a mom group, but moms from exposing the pornographic material that was inside the school for their children to gain access to. And so the group was called Mama Bears, and they claimed in a federal lawsuit that their First Amendment rights were violated, and they won the case um, with the help of representation from the Institute for Free Speech. In their federal lawsuit against the Georgia, a Georgia school district, um, one of the things that happened was one of the moms tried to read an excerpt at the school board meeting. And then the school board claimed that it was outside of their decorum and that the mom could not say those things at their meeting. But it's okay to have it available in for the, the students. For the students. Yes. And so the moms claimed that their First Amendment rights were violated when they weren't allowed to speak. And the school board members interrupted one of the moms from reading the book called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close and then placed kind of requirements on these moms and these individuals for speaking in the future. And they said that this mom for trying to read this book was banned from school board meetings until she complied with all of the policies that the school board had decided to implement on her. And in their lawsuit, they won saying that you can't just bar people and call it decorum or say that they have to only participate in specific ways outlined by it's called the censorship. Board. They tried that crap over in Germany, you know, and they do that in countries like Russia and China and other communist and totalitarian regimes. And one of the things I think that uh, COVID and the shutdown and going online did to help it helped parents actually see what was going on inside their classroom. So if you want to look for a positive in a bad situation, that is one of the big positives I see out there. You know, there was another positive to COVID as well. And what is that? Well, with some of the folks that were on like YouTube and the internet that were actual doctors and had real legitimate things to say, they they were able to convince people to start taking more vitamins, especially vitamin D, which is really good for you. 
And a lot of people that probably never exercised before in their life or not very much started exercising when they realized this new term called comorbidities that they wanted to make sure they could mitigate this thing as much as possible. Even though the outcome of death was less than 1% pretty much the whole entire time. The high numbers were in people that had some unfortunate type of ailment. They were prematurely removed from the planet, so to speak. Yes, thanks to this outbreak that came from a lab. But we had to study it so we could learn what it was so we knew how to fix it when it wasn't genetically possible for that to come out of nature. So if it doesn't come out of nature like that, why would you want to study and manipulate it to create something that isn't from nature? You created the problem of uh, these individuals thought that they could be smarter than the science that they were studying, smarter than God. And that's what I said 20 minutes ago is the fact that if they are so good, they should be able to now have a vaccine that's 100% true and will stop this thing dead in its tracks. They should be able to cure a common cold dead in its tracks. But you can't because that stuff comes from nature and colds and this sort of stuff has been around for millions of years. Absolutely. That's why the dinosaurs are gone. They caught a cold. We need to find more dinosaurs. We need to see if that stuff's for reals, for reals. And when I say for reals, for reals, if they can take DNA from a woolly mammoth and recreate a woolly mammoth, I would like to go to the local pet store and I would like to buy me a Velociraptor or one of those small, mean-looking ones. I always thought it would be cool to have like a mini giraffe or a tiny elephant. Yeah, if they could breed them down like they do with dogs, they interbreed them. A little micro elephant. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Put up a little fence in the backyard. Yeah, use it like a rooster. Let the elephant go <laughs> at four in the morning when you have to get up. A hard response back to the rooster that crows all night. Absolutely. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.